0: Hello, welcome to You split It. I'm Erin Mette
1: And I'm Katie Halper.
0: And this is the show. This is the interview show, no, which I've never kicked off solution. before, so, uh, you right. know. Yeah, that yeah. was fun. I Woo! that was good.
1: Yeah. How'd it feel? <laughs> I saw you getting into character. You really had to yeah, wow. yourself. Yeah,
0: wow. Wow, I did. I did. Yeah. yeah, that was that was crazy.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a new, it's a, it's a start of a new era. We just kicked mm-hmm. off a new era. We have a great show for you today with Margaret Kimberly of Black Agenda Report. She's also the author of... This great book, *Presidential Black America and the Presidents*, and it's a perfect way to uh, celebrate Black History Month by going over how terrible uh, and racist all presidents of the United States were, more or less. So we're really excited about that.
0: Really excited to talk to Mark, to Margaret. Black Agenda Report is a great news source. It's uh, been consistently proven right over the years, like back when. It was really fashionable for everyone to like worship Obama and think he was a second coming Black agenda report under Glenn Ford, the late Glenn Ford was calling bullshit on that. And uh, every, everything they said about Obama proved to be exactly right. And on that and many other issues. Um, so very excited to speak to Margaret here, what she has to say.
1: Yeah. So you know what, what we do, though, every show. What's that? The four basic food groups.
0: Oh, uh, the four, four basic food groups, of course. Of yes.
1: Course, yeah. Yeah. And so should we just get into it? Let's do it. Let's just do it. What do you got? Aaron, you got Democrats suck.
0: I got Democrats suck. And there's always so many good choices. But remember when Joe Biden ran on promising uh, free community college? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Remember yeah. that one? Well, guess what, Katie? You're never going to believe it. What? The, de- the, Democrats, free community college? the Democrats are not going to do a free community college. Let's play the clip and then get All into right. it.
2: Joe has also had to make compromises. Congress hasn't passed the Build Back Better legislation yet. And Free Community College is no longer part of that package. We knew that this wasn't going to be easy. Joe always said that. Still, like you, I was disappointed.
0: that, of course, was Jill Biden, the first lady, delivering the news that yet another Biden campaign promise is not going to be fulfilled. And so, yeah, the playbook now is to blame everything on Joe Manchin and Kristen cinema. But uh, I mean, look, how many times can we hear that? How many times can we hear the same excuse?
1: But she was but Aaron, the important part is her heart. Her thoughts and prayers are with the American people because she too is disappointed.
3: She's
0: very disappointed, yeah. But, you know, Jill's in an awkward position where she sometimes has to be honest about who her husband really is. And her delivering the news that this major campaign promise was not going to be fulfilled reminded me of the time on the campaign trail when she admitted about Joe that that his healthcare platform sucks.
1: Oh, this is
0: Let, a great line. Let's go to that clip.
2: I know that not all of you are committed to my husband. Um, and I respect that. Your candidate might be better on, I don't know, health care than Joe is. But you've got to look at who's going to win this election. And maybe you have to swallow a little bit and say, okay, I sort of personally like so and so better. But your bottom line has to be that we have to beat
0: Trump. So that was during the primaries and that was... Joe Biden saying that I know that your candidate might be better than my husband in valuing human life. Right. By having a better health care plan. But you got to think about who's going to win.
1: Yeah. You just got to swallow it. That was that was when I mean, I think she made history as the first would be um, first lady encouraging people voters to swallow. (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry, can't help it. She said it, not me.
0: Yeah. So anyway, R.I.P. to another Democratic campaign promise. And
1: And um, you know what, though, I I think we're giving Joe a little bit of a hard time. He did, to be fair, he did promise that nothing would fundamentally change. Although he made that promise behind closed doors in front of donors, but that is probably the most honest we've heard Joe, maybe historically, atypically honest, honest moment from Joe Biden.
0: Promises made, promises kept
1: yeah exactly he should just run on that promise honestly i promised Uh,
0: that nothing would fundamentally change and i kept that promise
1: yeah he did so thank you joe promises kept uh so let's move to republican suck and and this one is really interesting because uh viewers and listeners may remember that last week we went over a terrible and isn't that terrible story involving a man injecting drugs into his penis and we actually ended that chat talking about safe injection sites in both senses of the word. So this is a perfect clip to follow that up with. Here's Senator John Kennedy reacting to the Biden administration's $30 million grant aimed at safe drug use and to the fact that the Department of Justice is weighing drug injection sites nationwide.
3: Bill, there almost aren't words in English. Um, The Biden administration just, they just keep on rocking it in the free world. I mean, every single day reality calls and the Biden administration just hangs up. Um, I don't think when moms and dads lie down at night in America and can't sleep, they're worried about clean injection sites, and sterile crack pipes. The issue, Mr. President, is crime. The issue, Mr. President, is how to stop it, not how to encourage it. Now, why has crime gone up? I know it's complicated, but I'll tell you a big reason. Um, Wokeism now runs in the Democratic family. It practically gallops. And most, not all, but most of our large urban areas are run by woke Democrats. And wokers believe that the criminal is a victim. Wokers believe that when a criminal commits a crime, it's not the criminal's fault. It's the fault of an unfair world. And wokers believe that punishment and prisons and cops just make things worse. And the American people don't believe that. And unless you have the IQ of a garden pest, you know you cannot order a civilized society based on that worldview. And that's the problem that we have.
2: Senator, I was, you know, I, obviously as you said, it's a complex issue. Um, and it, I don't have a loved one in my life that um, has issue. one of these addictions. And the Just Say No campaign and the fried egg as your brain really worked on me. And I wonder, though, if we if we look at this and the Health and Human Services, they have this harm reduction plan. These are the details. They want to expand use of fentanyl testing strips, comprehensive HIV services and a syringe program. Maybe that really helps widen access to opioid overdose reversal treatments and a stop overdose campaign, which I guess was a public service announcement. But we just had a story that said 100,000 people died of overdoses last year. And I understand if you're on the street, there's one thing, but we also talked to a lot of people where this fentanyl is coming across the border from China to Mexico into the United States. And we had one couple who lost their son on his first experiment, he was killed. And these injection sites, one, they're a huge problem for the neighborhoods, but it doesn't do anything to address that problem of the fentanyl coming across the border, sir.
3: No, it doesn't. And, and look, I, I passed bills dealing with, with opioid abuse. Uh, and, and we're all concerned about the addiction problem, but you, you want to hit the addiction problem in America, a hard lick, seal the border. Right now, President Biden's policy is this.
1: Here's the, the way we're gonna kick, what was it? Kick it a hard lick? I love his terms of phrase, but you want to kick it a hard lick. Here's how you, you, get, you treat addiction, close the border.
0: The the fact that she said that the Nancy Reagan just say no fried egg ads had an effect on her or worked for her right. is just so revealing. I mean, that's at a time when you have you had an epidemic in the country of um, of drugs. And the answer was basically to run these stupid just say no campaigns and to uh, increase funding for police. And by the way, meanwhile, to aid the Contras who were actually shipping cocaine into the country with the CIA's knowledge, if not their cooperation. And um, now they're talking about saying is closing the borders if that would have any impact whatsoever. First of all, I mean, you just can't close the border. People will find a way to get in. And the point is no no matter how draconian you are at the border, the addiction is still there. If you're addicted, you will still find a way to feed your addiction. Right. and these people don't want to talk about that because they don't have any compassion for people who right, are exactly, in that yeah. position
1: i like the way data perino who was a george bush uh spokeswoman uh w says like oh it is a complex issue as if he he granted any complexity or nuance to it <laughs> whatsoever he didn't at all he was basically just vilifying this and this by the way this comes uh, in response to the biden administration's 30 dollar 30 million dollar grant aimed at safe drug use um, but let's keep watching the rest of this clip.
3: Or a German machinist who wants to come to America, you have to be vetted for years. But if you're some gang banger, drug dealer, uh, who just hops the fence at the border, you're welcome, and we'll fly you anywhere you want in America. Now that's just bone deep down to the marrow, stupid. And and I'm all for helping people with drug addiction, but but but. We've th- the way to deal with it. Number one is just to secure the border. Will it completely solve the problem? No, but it'll do wow. a lot more than mm-hmm. than uh, save crack pipes. And and can I make one more point? Mm-hmm. This is part of the problem. President Biden talks about all the time about he cares about the the little guy or the little gal, but he he just doesn't seem to worry that much about ordinary Americans unless they're part of some minority group that he deems worthy. In this case, uh, crack addicts and crack dealers and meth addicts and meth dealers. He, he has no sense of priority about about what the American people are worried about when they lie down at night to sleep and they can't. Well, with regard to the border, you're exactly right, sir. Senator, thank you for your Thank time. you. Senator Kennedy from Louisiana
1: i'm actually surprised he didn't ding uh hunter biden this would have been a real opportunity to go after joe's son who himself has struggled with drug addiction i was kind of like a lot of self-restraint on the part of senator kennedy the great distinguished statesman of louisiana i was a little disappointed
0: he also twice talked about americans not being able to sleep at night yeah he said, just to start that is. Th- I mean, uh, again, is he pre- is he having a hard time sleeping?
1: I'm, I'm I'm assuming yes. He's he he his uh his ambient prescription needs refilling or something. Yeah. Also, I like the way he goes. He keeps rocking it in the free world, which is a yeah, Neil mean? Young song. <laughs> yeah, keep on rocking the free world, but that's not. I don't think supposed to be a negative thing.
0: Yeah, uh I don't. I mean. He must really love that song or something and he's incorporating it for its his uh his uh you know, Reaganite drug war crusade. Right.
1: Which ironically, maybe he's one of those idiots who doesn't get that Neil Young, it's all back to your Canadian fellow citizen Neil Young. Uh that song mentions George Bush, Herbert Walker Bush, but critically. Maybe he thinks so maybe he doesn't get maybe he thinks Rock in the Free World then, since he doesn't <laughs> get the moral code of that song, he then thinks Rock in the Free World, well maybe Rock in the Free World is bad but it certainly isn't bad is Rock in the free world being Bushian.
0: No, it's not. No, 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 it's no, not. no. I don't think so. No, we'll have no. to do it. A, it's, it's kind of like, it's letters. kind of like how Reagan used to play born in the USA. Right, of
1: course. Right. Yeah.
0: At his campaign rallies, not realizing that actually it was a, it was a protest song.
1: Right. Anti-war, an anti-American song. materialism song. Yeah.
0: Yeah. These guys are not culturally too, Yeah, uh, they're
1: not the most culturally literate too with people. It. Yeah. Anyway, I like that. Keep He keeps rocking in the free world. I think that's a great thing to say. Well, every time that that Biden does something we don't like, we should say that. <laughs> that. Isn't that weird? What do you got?
0: So for isn't that weird, Russia is being accused of all kinds of nefarious things right now. You know, false flags in Ukraine, a coup in Ukraine, all these things. But did you know that the Putin administration is also involved in zoo subterfuge? interfering with uh, local zoos inside Russia.
1: Not surprised.
0: Yeah. Well, this is from the, the Mirror, the UK. Always gotta be careful about the stuff you read in the Mirror, by the way, but uh, they say that the Putin administration tries to rig vote for zoo mascot after rivals back orangutan. In a bizarre series of events, Putin's administration reportedly tried to rig a vote for a zoo mascot after allies of his opponent, Navalny, backed Batu the orangutan for the top spot. Vladimir Putin's administration has made a strange attempt to rig a vote for a zoo mascot to prevent a rival-backed orangutan from winning, it was reported. Novozybarysk Zoo in Russia's third largest city announced a public vote to select its mascot after the area was named the country's New Year capital this year. In the poll, the city was given the choice between Aisha the cat, Batu the orangutan, Max the Amur tiger, Sian the snow leopard, and Shilka the polar bear cub. But what started as an innocent vote quickly turned into a political battle that the Kremlin itself waded into. Sergei Boyko, the now exiled former coordinator for jailed Putin opposition Alexei Navalny, threw his backing behind Batu the resident orangutan to be chosen for the job. In a YouTube broadcast last month, he said, against the backdrop of everything going on in Novo Zyberisk, I think that the orangutan is absolutely the best option. Therefore, I urge you to support the orangutan. The surprise addition to the ballot quickly garnered more and more support as a number of Navalny supporters online, as well as other journalists and bloggers, rallied behind him. However, Independent City Council Member Igor Ukrensev also came out in support of the orangutan. (laughs) <laughs> popular blogger Ilya Varlamov even dubbed the Orange Ape the candidate of the people. However, as Batu's popularity skyrocketed, local media Taiga.info claimed that Putin, Putin's administration took an interest in the vote. They report that the Kremlin and Putin wanted the orangutan to lose and claimed that Putin's Siberian representative sent an urgent request to the mayor's office to try and stop Batu winning. After this, Shulka, the polar bear, the polar club, edged into the lead, then cyan the snow leopard suddenly received 25,000 votes in only four hours, despite the polling website receiving only 1,851 unique visitors. According to the insider, these votes were fraudulent. Wow.
1: Something suspicious. What I don't understand is what's wrong with the orangutan? Why doesn't Putin want the orangutan to win?
0: The orangutan must historically represent, you know, freedom, democracy, uh, liberal values, Ukrainian independence and signing austerity ridden free trade deals with the West. Um, Maybe that's what it is.
1: It's very, yeah, it's very interesting. But this has been this political intrigue has caused the zoo to shut down the vote. So it's, it's a it's a sad day for democracy.
0: Putin wins again.
1: Putin wins again. Yeah. Batu had had thirty nine point four percent of the vote, meaning he won, but it's unknown whether it will be selected. Well he I think we can use the his pronoun his preferred pronouns, and the zoo is very upset they They said, we hope for sincere interest and positive attitude towards our idea. Unfortunately, today, we see that our animals have become participants in a farce that people have organized.
0: whatever happens in Ukraine you know, there's all this talk about if Putin invades, does the U.S. sanction? Regardless, sanction him for this.
1: Sanction him for this, yeah.
0: yeah. For this, so this, is election, uh, this is vote rigging. This is interfering in democracy. For this
1: election interference, yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for the zoo. They're very upset about it.
0: They're caught in the middle. They're, They're caught, in, caught the middle. in the middle. Yeah.
1: Thanks to everyone who took part in the survey without any ulterior motives. Max, Shulka and Aisha, Batu, and Cyan are always waiting for you. Of course they are animals. But to make them an instrument of their ambitions, in our opinion, is wrong. That's pretty. Ri- Those are fighting words.
0: They are, they are.
1: Who, who do you think the cutest is? We see adorable Shilka, the polar bear cub. Right, that's pretty cute. You see her paw, her yeah, paws in it, to an orange that. cone. What? It's
0: tough. It's, it's tough to top that cuteness It's tough to wise. top that cuteness yeah.
1: wise. And then let's see Batu. If we scroll left, that's pretty cute.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a snow lion. Mm. Very fierce looking
0: yeah by default i don't believe anything really in western media about russia that's just right. kind of it's just it's a i think it's a safe bet that's probably false but regardless it's, it's, a, very yeah. it's, a, it's a very entertaining it's a very story it is it's, an <laughs> entertaining story yeah whether yeah it could be a, a false flag yeah
1: i think that too is a crisis actor <laughs> could be
0: all right. What do you, what do you have sure. for, isn't that terrible?
1: Okay. So for, isn't that terrible? We have a very important story. A very disturbing story. Moose attacks. It, sled team injures four dogs. Okay. This wasn't what I was planning for, but these dogs and myself have trained for so long, and so hard for this race. When I walk back to my dog yard and I have 12 perfectly healthy dogs out of the 16 and they look at me and all they want to do is run. How can I tell them no? She told the Associated Press on Tuesday, that would be selfish of me. These are freaking amazing athletes that just survived. Probably the most traumatic experience of any dog team ever in history and they're survivors. And they're still pushing through. Watkins said that the attack happened while she was on a 52 mile training run for the 1000 mile Iditarod trail sled dog race, which starts March 5th in Anchorage. As he charged me, I emptied my gun into him and he never stopped. I ran for my life and prayed I was fast enough to not be killed in that moment. He trampled the team and then turned for us. Watkins said she and a friend who was trailing her on a snowmobile took refuge next to the snowmobile. The moose stomped its charge towards them two feet from the snowmobile, and she managed to cut free six dogs that were tied to the machine. But the moose went back to her sled and began stomping the dogs that were still tethered to it, standing over the dogs and trampling them repeatedly for over an hour. I've never felt so helpless in my life, Watkins wrote. He could not leave us alone. And he even stood over top of the team refusing to retreat. She called friends and the moose was shot and killed after one arrived with a rifle. Uh, Alaska State troopers had been preparing a helicopter to respond, but stopped doing so after they were told the moose was dead. Her 4 injured dogs were taken to a veterinarian in the nearby community of North Pole and are recovering. And she does feel bad. She feels bad that she killed the, the moose. But I mean, I would do that in a heartbeat. Must have been scary when, you sh- when she shot the moose and they, di- didn't, uh, they didn't stop it. Can we zoom in on the photo? It's really awful. How the hell did it last an hour? I would have been hysterical. I think all the dogs are on. I hope that last dog that was fighting for its life makes it. But if you see this, this image, it's really disturbing. You just see these poor little dogs in some kind of sled configuration and a moose just standing on top of them. Terrible. Just it's terrible. really terrible.
0: And a moose, so. that's, like, that's a lot of
1: weight. Yeah, it's a lot that's of a,
0: weight. That's a big animal.
1: I mean, it's an isn't that terrible. But in a way, it's an isn't that a miracle that they didn't die?
0: It is. It is. Well, credit to those dogs. I guess they're tough. Yeah, they, you know, they can they can do these long sledding races. I mean, they must have built up some fortitude prayers for those dogs. Hope they're
1: okay. Prayers for those dogs. Yeah. So those are our four basic food groups. I feel like we learned a lot. We are so excited to bring into this conversation the inimitable Margaret Kimberly, executive editor and senior columnist at Black Agenda Report, and the author of Presidential, Black America, and the Presidents. And follow her on Twitter at FreedomRideBlog. So excited to have Margaret Kimberly on. We've been wanting to have you on for a while. I've been, in fact, I've been a little trigger happy I keep thinking we have Margaret Nahman, we don't, <laughs> a little behind the scenes, but we finally made it happen. And there's so much we could ask you about. Honestly, I think one, I have so many questions for you, but maybe we could mm-hmm. start with a recent um, statement that was released by the Black Alliance for Peace, which you're part of, mm-hmm. um, condemning the America Competes Act. And right. I thought you could talk about what Black Alliance for Peace is, what the American Competes Act is, and why you guys spoke out against it.
4: Sure. Um, Black Alliance for Peace, we are a five-year-old organization, and I I think our name tells you what we do. Um, We are committed to um, raising up the Black radical peace tradition. Um, We are an anti-imperialist formation, anti-capitalist formation, um, and we've grown pretty Quickly, we have several hundred members. I'm, I'm on the uh, coordinating committee and uh, blackallianceforpeace.com so people can check out our uh, statements. Um, we um, Our uh, largest uh, uh, campaign is devoted to several things, getting rid of AFRICOM, that's the US Africa Command, which puts uh, the US military in charge, in uh, de facto in charge of the militaries of many African countries cutting the defense budget, ending the 1033 program, which brings the uh, surplus defense equipment to uh, uh, police departments uh, across the country. So uh, those are our major campaigns. And we have, um, if you go to our website, you can see our statements on uh, any and all foreign policy issues. Uh, The latest statement, is about this ridiculous America Competes Act, which is supposed to contain China. I don't know, these people want to contain China, contain Russia, it's all uh, ridiculous and dangerous. But at any rate, the the House passed this bill, which is supposed to help um, uh, America compete against China. And I think it's very funny, if China is so terrible, why is there this perception that we're behind them? So on the one hand, China is scorned and condemned all the time. It's terrible and awful. Then at the same time, oh, we have to do something because the Chinese are ahead of us. Um, One one little factoid that sticks in my mind, China has 20,000 miles of high-speed rail. The US has zero miles of high-speed rail. So when I hear people say they're stealing our technology, I'm like, I doubt that. I don't think there's anything they need to steal. So anyway, this is uh, millions of dollars. It's a giveaway to corporations. Um, And it's using our money and you know when it comes to public money, uh, there's never money for us so build back better is too expensive there has to be a means test for the child tax credit, but when it comes to anybody else the military industrial complex. Uh, private industry suddenly there's millions of dollars for them so this is both a uh, an attack on china it's a theft of our uh uh resources and it's a um, a commitment to uh doing something which is fundamentally wrong and uh wrong-headed so um, it's obviously it is something that we would uh oppose
0: my favorite part about these measures aimed at stopping China's economic growth is that mm-hmm. the US claims to be the lover of free markets and, you know, hater of <laughs> yes. governments who interfere in the economy. The communists are the ones who have the planned economy. They're constantly mm-hmm. inter- intervening in their economy. And we're supposed to hate mm-hmm. that. But right. yet the US talks about loving the free market while constantly trying to undermine the free market by imposing sanctions and all these measures aimed to stop other people's economic growth like China. hmm.
4: Oh yes, absolutely. It's, you know, it's a free market for, uh, it's a free market for us. It's a free for all, you know, race to the bottom for, um, the average, uh, person, but it's government support for, um, for the banks, for military industrial complex, for all manner of corporate interests. And, uh, it's, it's very, um, it's so hypocritical, but, uh, as I I was saying before, I wish that there were more people who would study what China has done, just dispassionately, just objectively. How has this country come so far so quickly? What could we possibly learn from them? But if you're convinced that um, uh, the US is superior, if you believe in American exceptionalism, then all you can do is, um, is tell lies. Uh, about other countries, about other systems when they prosper and when they take care of their people. And I think that's that's the other reason that China is under um, attack. It's an example and it's, a, it's an example of what this country could do for its people. But uh, uh, so if people, if China weren't condemned and people were allowed to uh, examine their system for themselves, they might start complaining about what they have here. So I think that is always behind as uh, part of what's behind these attacks on other uh, countries.
1: That's uh, very succinct, very well put. And um, wanted to ask you, speaking of foreign policy, about your unrelated note, your travel to Nicaragua. What brought you there? What capacity you were in when you went there?
4: Yeah, I've been uh, covered Ah, uh, well. I discovered I need to leave New York and go someplace warmer in the wintertime. But aside from that very obvious fact, I went as part of a delegation with uh, with Black Alliance for Peace. I went in November uh, during the presidential election. The government invited uh, solidarity groups to come as uh, companions. They didn't say election observers because that status can be used by the United States, they did that in Bolivia, they, you know, planted these observers, quote unquote, who then said the election was fraudulent. So they use the term companion, acompañantes in in Spanish, and a couple hundred uh, Americans and uh, Canadians uh, went there. And um, what I observed is uh, everything we were told about Nicaragua is untrue. The um, election was very open. The opposition candidates were campaigning freely. You, actually, you saw their campaign signs more than you saw President Ortega's. Um, the ballot was very easy to understand. There were six or seven presidential candidates with their photos on them. There was No one was obstructed in their ability to vote. Uh, we're told that uh, Ortega, uh, Ortega jailed Uh, other presidential candidates. None of those people were presidential candidates. Uh, People were imprisoned under Nicaragua's law, people who helped in a 2018 coup attempt, who were uh, given amnesty, who were required not to take money from foreign governments, who were required to reveal uh, sources of funding, and they did not. And some of them are in jail. And uh, But none of them were presidential candidates. They're called that so the U.S. can uh, attack the government. And again, it's an example. This little country, six and a half million people. There are more people in New York City than there are in all of Nicaragua. But they provide free health care for their people. They, it is a revolutionary uh, uh, government. And um, so that people don't say to themselves, well, maybe we could do something different. Then that country has to be attacked. But I think it's a sign of weakness of the U.S. empire that every effort to break free from, uh, from U.S. control has to be hit with a hammer. And they passed a, an, the the Act, which is really disgusting because Reyna means ber- rebirth in rebirth, Spanish. Yeah. So they called this terrible act to sanction the country, the Rebirth Act, and um, including progressives. Oh, there were only like 30 members of the House who voted against it. Um, to uh, sanction Nicaragua and to punish them and to punish their people for daring to um, uh, to do something different, something that works in their interests. Of course, immediately after these sanctions were applied, Nicaragua establishes relations with China and immediately is now part of the Belt and Road Initiative. So uh, uh, it didn't even make sense from a strategic perspective if the goal is to keep a country in um, uh, uh, the American uh, orbit. America's front yard, as Biden said. Um, But uh, so it was very interesting to see um, another system, to see people struggling to have a a different system, a different form of, uh, of government. And plus, it's a beautiful country. I saw a sloth. That was very
0: exciting. Oh,
1: was it cute?
4: Yes, it was and they're very slow it's true yeah hence, hence the name but anyway
0: and yet margaret you know when you look at the progressive media political space in the us mm-hmm. you talked about the uh, progressives in congress who either supported this mm-hmm. these new sanctions or did mm-hmm. nothing to mm-hmm. oppose it i mean the nicaraguan government is very demonized and the mm-hmm. issue is even split people on the left who once supported nicaragua when they resisted the dirty war the contra war that Reagan unleashed through the 1980s, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, I agree with your position on this, so we're on the same side here. And I'm just wondering what 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 insight you gained about the power of the U.S. propaganda system, uh, just going to Nicaragua and seeing for yeah. yourself, comparing the the reality on the ground with how it's widely portrayed here, including by some people on the left.
4: Well, I I think we're learning who's really on the left frankly, that's what we find out when these attacks t- take place. You know, if you scratch the surface, you find out a lot of these people are just liberals and um, they believe in American exceptionalism. They, I mean, they really do, they might deny it, but uh, you see when the United States attacks a country in that way that they don't say, And and I take the position that you don't have to support everything another country does. So nobody has to, everything I said about Nicaragua, I can prove to be true, but I also wanna say that they don't have to be defended. What our job as uh, U.S.ians is to oppose U.S. interventions. That's our job. It's up to Nicaraguans to struggle amongst themselves to figure out the best way for their country to move forward. And when the U.S. uh, um, um, interferes with other countries, they find people uh, within that nation to help them do their dirty work, they distort politics in Nicaragua. So the U.S. president, so who knows what Nicaraguan politics would be like absent the U.S. But uh, when the U.S. inserts itself And it becomes um, literally us versus them, a a fight for survival. Well, that impacts the politics there. So anybody who wants people around the world to have self-determination has to oppose the US interfering in other countries. And people have the right to self-determination. They have the right to vote for the governments they want. So it's not up to some liberal in New York to decide what kind of government Nicaragua ought to have, or to have some critique of uh, President Ortega. I I might have some critique of President Ortega, but my primary critique is of this country, which uses its economic power, which uses its military power to keep people all over the world from determining their own future. And that is what I want uh, these people, who to understand. And I also want them to stop calling themselves leftists. I I really do, because that's not what they are.
0: You know, from a hegemonic point of view, I saw this in Syria too. These sanctions, economic warfare, they work Mm -hmm. so perfectly because you can really help destroy a country and achieve the aims of a war without sending a single soldier or firing a single shot when you cut off the economy. That's the point of these sanctions. And Mm -hmm. often in the U.S., the way sanctions are discussed is does it work or not? Or, or have these sanctions failed? That's how it's talked about when it comes to Cuba, Syria, right. anywhere that is under U.S. economic warfare. But the point is, that's the wrong question. Because right. these if sanctions are making people suffer, then they have worked. Because that is the aim of economic warfare. It's not to bring democracy and freedom. It's to make people so miserable that they turn against their government. And It's amazing that Nicaragua, for all that it's been subjected to going back four decades, Mm -hmm. and actually before that, when the U.S. propped up this horrible dictatorship, and then when they were overthrown, the Sandinistas came in, tried to implement some, you know, modest reforms, Mm -hmm. helping to spread the resources. They were subjected to, you know, one of the worst terror wars Mm -hmm. uh, in recent memory with the Contra War under Reagan. And since then, the, the same aims are achieved not by flooding the country with weapons, but just through trying to destroy their economy.
4: Yeah, and when people ask if sanctions work, it's the assumption behind that question is that the US has the right to um, sanction other countries Mm -hmm. and that the US has the right to decide who runs Nicaragua or Iran or Cuba or any of the other uh, countries that uh, are being punished in this way. I think most most people don't know what sanctions do. I think most people think it, you know, you can't have a bank account in Cuba or something like that. I don't think they realize that these countries cannot access international markets. They can't, so people will say, you know, Havana looks run down. Well, if you can't import hammers and nails and paint, well, I guess it would, but sanctions do kill. They kill people. So people can't get medicines they need. Venezuela used to have a program and they would send people abroad for bone marrow transplants and they can't do it anymore. So those people die. Um, uh, Just basic medicines people can't get. So I, I wish that people really knew what sanctions do. I think. That question would be asked less often. But I also, I, but I go back to my other point about um, how the US doesn't have the right to dictate to other countries. And we in this country must speak out um, uh, against these efforts and sanctions destroy a country. So, Syria, to your point, so Syrians, so if a Syrian has a relative in the US who wants to send them money, they can't get the money. So, of course, they want to leave. So you have this horrible refugee crisis going on, all caused by Barack Obama, I always want to add that. And so people want to leave Cuba and then they'll say, see, people want to leave Cuba. Well, you've made their lives miserable. Of course they want to leave Cuba. What what does that prove? Uh, So I, I wish that people would stop believing in their own, in this country's propaganda, uh, the other assumption about sanctions working, there's this assumption that what the U.S. does is a good and positive thing, and that's just not true.
1: Shifting gears a little bit from uh, the international to the domestic, you have some mm-hmm. really great recent pieces at the Black Agenda Report. One mm-hmm. is called, um, one is about the Black political class. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is about uh, Eric Adams' Black on Black crime. Can yep. you, which is about the treatment of Manhattan DA Alvin mm-hmm. Bragg. Can right. you talk about how this is black on black crime, why you decided to call that your piece that? Well,
4: I, I was I was hoping for an eye-catching title, you but could, uh, yeah. just to, to give uh, everyone an idea, we have a new mayor in New York. We have our second black mayor, Eric Adams, who's a real piece of work. Um, he, uh, uh, he campaigned on, I'm going to say law and order as a, you know, just a, a not terribly exact description, but He's campaigned on fighting crime, getting guns off the street, bringing back stop and frisk, which, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of of people in New York, most of them Black, were terrorized by the police. Bringing back these plainclothes police units that killed Amadou Diallo, that killed Sean Bell, uh, all these things that Black people don't want. He has brought back, and he has uh, his police commissioner uh, is also black. Uh, her name is Sewell, and um, uh, but Manhattan's district district attorney, um, his name is Alvin Bragg, and he campaigned. The uh, district attorney that's an elected office. He campaigned on charging, sending fewer people to jail who come through the criminal justice system. And uh, he wrote a very reasonable memo to his staff saying we're not going to uh, ask for jail time for turnstile jumping, for sex work, for misdemeanors. Uh, Most controversially, he said we are not going to ask for jail time for uh, resisting arrest. Now, why is that important? Because resisting arrest is the phoniest charge in the United States. The police use it all the time to shut people up. To send people to jail to cover up their own brutality and he said that um, uh, they would not ask for jail time for resisting arrest unless it was for a felony um, uh, that was being committed. This was all very reasonable stuff. Well, uh, Adams and his police commissioner immediately undercut him. She sent an email to every NYPD officer saying she was concerned and they were less safe and unfortunately for Bragg, two cops were shot and killed um, a few weeks ago, but uh, nothing he proposed would have kept them from being shot. He didn't say that, you know, I'm not gonna prosecute murder or sexual assault. It was all very, very reasonable, but they, um, I, I called it a, you know, a, a mugging in broad daylight, hence the back black on black crime. But um, everyone defended Adams, the press, the politicians. Nobody spoke up for Bragg, who, as I said, is an elected official who did what he campaigned on, and people in Manhattan voted for him. But uh, without a movement to uh, provide any pushback to uh, this imperative to keep black people locked up, every time someone proposes anything that means less jail time, we're immediately told that our lives are in danger, and the criminals are gonna, you know, overrun the society. All kinds of lies and smears to keep the system the way it is. So uh, that was my effort to, to speak up on behalf of true justice and to speak up on behalf of what uh, people,
1: especially Black people, really want. Any Anything else that you want to make sure to mention from? I mean, there's so many great tidbits in this.
4: I know. I know. Just um, uh, buy my book. You can still yeah, buy it's it. It's uh, you know from uh, Steerforth Press. You can get it on Amazon. It's uh, also an audiobook uh, narrated by me, which is which was great fun uh, to do. Read com every week, every Wednesday, today's Black Agenda Report Day, and check out blackallianceforpeace.com. Awesome. Watch out for Ukraine.
1: <laughs> and to hear the rest of the interview, please go to com. That was great.
0: Margaret's awesome. She's awesome. I always love talking to her.
1: Yeah, she's very brutal and funny on Twitter. Everyone should follow her on Twitter. She's very funny.
0: I second that. She's a great follow.
1: Yeah, she's a great follow. And a
0: great and her column is every week, every Wednesday. And I I highly recommend it. Yeah, they're great. She covers local stuff, you know, like in New York, but also foreign policy, too, and uh, Black Agenda Report. I just can't say enough good things about it. It's such a great set.
1: I'm jealous that you got to meet Glenn Ford.
0: Yeah, I got to meet him many times and he was, you know, he was tough, like he was, he had a sharp eye and he could recognize weakness, like political weakness, but he was also very nice, very funny. I know he mentored several young people and uh, who got to learn from him and um, he was just a genius. He just was really politically really, really sharp and a great writer. I uh, I really admire him a lot, and uh, his memory is uh, you know he he's left a legacy, and I can't wait for his book to come out from O R Books later this yeah. year. Maybe we can do something about that around that when it comes out. Yeah, because uh, he he is a he's a very important voice in this country.
1: Well, we will see you guys next week. Make sure that you rate and review us on iTunes so we beat the Lincoln Project. Positive America. Make sure you uh, what else uh, subscribe to our Substack. You'll have a great chat with Aaron Mate about going on Tucker Carlson. You won't want to miss that. Also, you'll see a great um, little appearance of Aaron Mate as a child thespian, which you won't want to miss. This is found foot. This is found footage from the found vault. Found footage. Yeah, this that was is just amazing. On Earth that
0: you will not want to miss.
1: Breaking news, <laughs> and also uh, the extended interview with Margaret Kimberly, which gets very spicy. <laughs>
0: Uh, And you can subscribe at UsefulIdiots.substack.com.
1: Hello, thank you so much for listening to and watching Useful Idiots. For full episodes and extended interviews, please subscribe at UsefulIdiots.substack.com. You can subscribe on YouTube at YouTube.com slash UsefulIdiots for clips, live streams, and full episodes. Also subscribe to us wherever you find your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at UsefulIdiotPod and use the hashtag UsefulIdiotsPod. Join us Mondays at 10 a.m. for the Useful Idiots Monday morning show where we discuss the Sunday morning news shows so you don't have to watch them.